Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's totally gonna break up with you. She's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. You're damn right I'm here. It's finally here, Mike. Oh, yeah. Eve versus Geechee, 254, the 254. You've been waiting oh, for this one for a long time. It's here, and, and I, I think I touched on it last uh, last time we, we talked together. The 155-pound championship, uh, the whole scenario, the whole situation, um, that's just like kind of our lingo you know what i mean we've yeah. that what what's kind of drawn us to uh the ufc to begin with so this is obviously a big deal for us and uh this fight is a huge deal in the ufc world um most anticipated fight in my opinion uh the biggest fight of of this year um probably the biggest fight in a long time in my opinion and uh i'm super super stoked to see it happen biggest fight of 2020 I'd say Khabib Connor was the biggest fight of 2018. I can't yeah. really put my finger on what was the biggest fight last year because it's kind of a blur to me. I feel like UFC, like this has definitely been a great year for the UFC in general. Every single pay-per-view, there's been a big fight. Like a big fight that's worth tuning in for, even if you're not a fight fan. Oh, for sure. I mean, they've been putting on great fights. And, it, and it, like you just said, like last year was a blur. Why? Because they put on great fights this year. Um they just continue to put on new fights. New talent keeps coming up and just keeps on getting better and better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're finally getting this fight, uh, which really isn't that long because when you think about it, it's like, well, just in case you just beat uh, Tony Ferguson, not too, too long ago, but um, I guess really what's been in a long time is, is Khabib fighting. You know, we haven't seen Khabib since he beat uh, Dustin Poirier. And uh, Khabib was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson since then. Right. Um, and now, you know, you have a new opponent in Justin Gaethje, who I think is equally just as intriguing as an opponent to Khabib. You know, I, I do think that uh, Tony Ferguson, obviously, you know, they try to make that matchup so much for a reason. You know, he is one of the, the guys you want to see Khabib face. Why? Because he hasn't faced them yet and also stylistically it's very intriguing but this in a sense with justin gaethje um is almost more stylistically intriguing and maybe potentially more dangerous for Khabib. and for justin gaethje alone this has just been the miracle year for him was not supposed to fight tony ferguson uh, a few months ago gets put in that situation in the main event because Khabib himself couldn't fight and now here he is few months later fighting Khabib for the title and arguably the biggest fight of not only UFC's year, but his entire life. 
You know, that's a really good point. And actually, I never really thought about that is, yeah, Justin Gaethje is getting an opportunity to fight Khabib for the uh, lightweight belt because of Khabib. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a very in, in interesting way to put it, and and I never really thought about it like that. But you know what I will say is I do think that um, I think Justin Gaethje would have gotten to a title uh, fight soon, uh, even if he didn't end up facing uh, Tony Ferguson. Let's say he fought someone else. I do think we were going to see this this version of Tony Ferguson, uh, or my bad, uh, Justin Gaethje. Um, you know, like. But let's say Justin Gaethje didn't end up filling in, right? You say Khabib and, and Ferguson happened. Um, I, I think Gaethje would have ended up fighting someone. And then, you know, he's the fighter that we saw against Tony Ferguson recently. Yeah. You know, ever since he had those two losses coming off of uh, Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez, kind of a switch turns, you know what I mean? Um, Justin Gaethje and his coach, Trevor Whitman really uh, changed things and, and they're no longer, you know, fighting to be a highlight. They're fighting to be a champion. So, you know, this switch over is, is what you're seeing, what you saw last fight. Um, and I think this switch poses such a threat to Khabib. Uh, and, 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 you know, these two, they have such stories behind them going into this fight and, and maybe not a lot of people realize that, um, but just the stories behind them, both fighters right now. Uh, and, and it makes it so hard to kind of, you know, you're like, oh, you know, you like Khabib, you like Gaethje, you know, who you think is going to win? You have these theories, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, one's going to be victorious and one's not, you know. Um, it's... <laughs> it's it's unfortunate but it's it's the art of fighting and it's the art of this sport um before i give you you know kind of my breakdown what, what's your opinion uh on the, this main event this weekend i don't know i wouldn't say it's uh i mean you didn't say it there but i was thinking it uh do you think that this is khabib's biggest challenge yet because like you said like a, a switch kind of turned for Geechee after I would say the Tony Ferguson fight, not necessarily the Eddie Alvarez fight, but he's definitely on a roll and definitely poises the biggest challenge for Khabib since Connor. I still think Connor was his biggest challenge yet, uh, given all the hype surrounding it, the, the amount of pressure, the storyline aspect, everything that went down with the two of them as well, where Geechee is kind of just a big feel good story, but at the same time poses that viable threat to Khabib, but again, still not on the same level as Connor, at least in my eyes. And, and I, I get what you're saying there. Um, and Khabib's coach, uh, Javier Mendez, did say that, that so far, uh, Khabib's most challenge, well, mo the, the most dangerous fighter he has fought so far has been Connor. Yeah. And I agree with it in the sense that Connor could have put his lights out in, in the striking aspect, but. Connor's strategy kind of was to, if he got taken down, he, you know, try to do the best you can to keep the fight on the, on the feet. But if you get taken down and with Khabib, it's just a matter of when, um, Connor's strategy was to just get, take little damage as possible, you know, kind of weather that storm until you can get onto the feet or till the rounds over and you're starting back up on the feet. And unfortunately against Khabib, you can't win a decision like that. He's just going to eat up points and eat up time and he's going to win a decision or eventually submit you, um, which we saw. 
the style that Justin Gaethje uh, has, he's not going to quite do, like, in my opinion, I don't think Justin Gaethje has the jujitsu to hold Khabib on top of him and just take minimal damage and wait out the storm. Um, Justin Gaethje's going to sprawl and, 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 and uh, scramble and try to get back to his feet. He's not going to lay on his back. You know, if anything, I think he might roll over and expose his back just to get up. Um, and I think that's a little bit of the difference. Uh, I think, I, you know, I do think we're going to see Justin Gaethje get taken down. Um, and this is where the question is, how is Gaethje going to do with the takedown defense? I mean, I think he'll do all right, but you know, Khabib's going to be relentless with it. How is Justin Gaethje going to do once he gets taken down? I think he'll be able to scramble a little bit. I think he'll be able to get away, but you know, I think Khabib's just going to be relentless with it. Um, so it should be interesting to see these exchanges, you know what I mean? And, and obviously there's so many different outcomes that could come from this. Um, and, and I'm just right now speaking about the takedowns. I mean, there's going to be some very, very interesting striking that goes on between these two because Gaethje's like from what we saw when he fought Tony Ferguson is his striking looked unbelievably beautiful. And, Khabib can't really strike with Gaethje the way Khabib has struck with some opponents in the past that we've seen. Um, it's just not going to... Because Justin's not, I think, scared of getting taken down. Justin's mindset is, okay, I'm just going to deal with every situation. And a lot of times I feel like Khabib puts the pressure on people and gets them to push back. You know, they're, they're being pushed back. They're up against the fence now. Now they're... You know, could be shoots in for a takedown. Now you're pressed against the fence, and before you know it, you're on the ground. Justin Gaethje, I don't think he's going to get pressed the fence. I think he's going to push Khabib back, if anything. Um, and and you know, Khabib moves forward. So you're going to get two forces meeting each other in the middle, and that's where it's going to be beautiful. That's where we're going to see see the uh, true form of this fight. So I, I, I'm just stoked. I just worry that it could potentially be one of those fights, kind of to play devil's advocate with that last statement here, that uh, Khabib could just, all it takes is one takedown and he mauls him and Justin just doesn't get back up. And we see a 30-second title fight that was promoted over the past few months uh, just turn into a lopsided affair. Well, you know, I I do think you have a good point there. Um, I don't think Khabib's going to want to strike too much. So it's it's how much striking they will do is dictated on how, how much... Justin Gaethje can keep it on the feet. I really do think Khabib wants this on the ground and he wants to be as efficient um, as possible to just keep it on the ground. And I think he wants to win as fast as possible. I really do think he wants to get the takedowns, work the ground and pound, work the positions, slowly move, but then try and get a submission as fast as possible. Um, So I, I agree with you. I do think that Khabib is going to uh, work the ground very fast and not want to be on, on, on the feet. But the big variable and question is how long can Gaethje keep it on the, on the feet um, and, and can he keep it there enough? You know, I, I, I'm starting to think that, you know, obviously a, a pathway for Justin Gaethje to win is, is by knockout. And we've never seen Khabib, um, you know, really uh, hurt or, or, or 
stumbled by, by strikes. And I think Gaethje possesses that power to do so. Um, so it should be interesting to see if Khabib deals with uh, adversity. We really never have seen Khabib deal with too, too much adversity. And I think that's a big thing in a fighter. I, Justin Gaethje to me has dealt with a lot of adversity in his fights. Um, I think that benefits him. I think Justin Gaethje's mindset is very pure right now. He's being very hard on, not hard on himself in a bad way, but, but mentally tough on himself. Um, and, and obviously we know that is Khabib's nature as well, but you know, Justin Gaethje made an interesting comment that everyone Khabib kind of surrounds himself with kind of, Oh, Khabib, you're the champ. Khabib, you're number one in the world. You know, Khabib this, Khabib that. Um, Gaethje surrounds himself with with people who are pushing him. And, and, and uh, you know, I, his coach, I, I really believe in him and his coach and how they've just transformed Gaethje. And um, just the whole mindset, I think, is, is very good for him. And he surrounded himself in what for what he needs. Uh, it's just, it's, it's so difficult, though. Like to just predict an outcome. I, I, I've gone back and forth so many different times. I started off at, after seeing what Justin Gaethje did to Tony Ferguson. I was like, this is the man that's going to beat Khabib. Um, and, and, you know, then, you know, once Khabib's father passed away, I really started to think, well, wow. I mean, this man, it, you know, his father was everything to him. And you know that. And a lot of people know that, um, it was everything to him. And I'm like, he's going to train so hard and honor this fight for his father. And he's going to look unbelievably ridiculous. He's going to be like 2.0. And then I started to think, well, what if he works too hard? What if he burns himself out almost? And I think those two variables are are a big question. I think either one could be the case. I think he might not be a hundred percent there when he steps in. You know, I, I, but I, I can see how you could possibly see it that way. But at the same time, it's like you, this is one of your biggest, the biggest fights of your life, despite anything else going on in the outside. Like you got to know 28, no coming into this fight. He's definitely a prize champion and he definitely knows like what kind of situation he's in. I wouldn't say he's going in there distracted despite all the outside stuff going on. Oh, no, not distracted. I just think more so, like, just worked himself too hard. Okay. Kind of mentally broke, you know what I mean? Uh, but then again, you could see him in, in completely new form. Uh, so it's it's tough. It's tough. Just reinvents himself, just a completely different animal than what he was his first 28 professional fights. I know. Could you imagine? It would be it, it'd be disgusting. And and honestly, every time we do see him fight, is he looks better and better. So okay. it's kind of crazy. Um, I thought Connor was going to discipline him in 2018. To be honest, I thought that was like his one match. Okay, like this is where this kid this kid's mouth is going to meet his match, and it didn't. Connor like barely got any strikes in. Yeah, and and that was part of the, you know. Exactly. I mean, I think Connor's game plan wasn't as good as, as it could have been. And also his striking wasn't as sharp. Um, there was times where he could have taken advantage and he just didn't. But um, that's what's I think different about this fight is he got a little bit of a stylistical matchup. That's, that's a little more threatening for Khabib. Um, not that I think Gaethje's fantastic. Yeah. His wrestling skills 
don't have to be as good as Khabib or better than Khabib to win. I don't think, I just think they have to be good enough. You know what I mean? Um, have you but, come up with a prediction? I know you've been thinking about it for weeks. Oh, I've been thinking about this since they announced it. Like, who am I going to choose? Who am I going to pick? And unfortunately, I'll put it this way to you. The, um, I want to pick Justin Gaethje. I really do. I would love the story that this switch, this change in, 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 um, his, his, his mind, like he, he put it so beautifully once he said, uh, I had a problem with my eyes and I got them fixed and now I can see. And to me, that's just like, it's powerful. It's like, you know, he had this problem of he would, he would uh, like straight up. He would just like the brawling too much. He got hit too much and he would, he would burn out too fast and he lost twice and he said to himself, I don't, I don't, you know, he was undefeated at the time until he had those two losses. And he's like, what's going wrong? You know, I need a change. And he changed, he made that fix with his coach and won. And, you know, I think he won two or three times after that. And then he faced Tony Ferguson and you saw what you saw, which is, I think his best form so far. So it's like, wow, like, you know, and this is a good story, you know, and he's taking on this undefeated monster. You know what I mean? And these two guys are unbelievable forces and, and who's going to win, you know? And on the other side, obviously you have the, the beautiful story of Khabib and honoring his father and stuff. So it's, it's crazy, but here's how I'm going to put it to you. I want to take Gaethje, but if I'm betting and I'm betting on my life, I'm taking the guy in Khabib to, to save my life essentially. You know what I mean? I agree with you. If you're a betting man, you you go with the undefeated guy who has literally run roughshod over everybody in not only UFC, but in the sport itself and mixed martial arts. Like Justin Geechee is definitely like his mind is in the jungle right now. Like he's probably more fired up than he's been in his entire life. But is it going to be enough to conquer the champ? Like, again, literally roughshod over everybody. Exactly. And in a fight like this, when you know it's going to be a dogfight and you know they're going to put, uh, it's going to be a brawl and, and they're going to be as, they're going to just be absolute warriors in there. And then you go, normally what I do is, okay, who has the, the more heart? And to me, I think both these guys have a crazy amount of heart. Like, I think Khabib has a lot in him and he's, and he's going to have more so in this fight than any other. And I think Gaethje is just an absolute, like, he goes in there willing to die. You know what I mean? And he says it and I believe it. Um, I think when he, when he goes in there, it's just like a a different person and a different mind switch goes off. And I think it's similar with Khabib mentally. These two are very similar. Um, My biggest, my biggest factor on how this fight will go is how Khabib does with controversy because we've never really seen him with it. So I think if Khabib gets, adversity and doesn't handle it well, you're going to see big things from Justin Gaethje. I, I, I couldn't understand how someone could be that good though, without dealing with some sort of adversity coming up, you know, like That's I understand, true. I understand like his best friend, you know, like his, his father uh, is gone. But at the same time, like at this point in your career, you are literally at the top of the game. If that stumbles you and that distracts you, and a guy like Justin Geechee picks up a big win like that, I just don't think 
that Khabib would ever be looked at the same again. You know, like there's a lot riding on this fight, a lot more than most people may think for uh, Khabib and, you know, just his overall mentality. Yeah, um, 100%. And, and, and I'm not only talking about the adversity with his father passing, but I'm talking about like adversity when he, if he gets hurt. You know what I mean? If he gets hurt, how is he going to overcome that? You know what I mean? How can he recover in the fight? Um, how can, you know, he get, get composed if Gaethje hurts him and starts swarming on him? Just factors like that, which I'd like to see. I'd like to see either fire, um, you know, overcome. Really what I'm hoping for is these two to have a back-and-forth fight. You know, like, just Gaethje really outstrikes him one round and Khabib, you know, ends up getting him on the ground for a little bit and, and, and get some good work in. And it just goes to decision. That's why that's what you pray for as a fight. I really hope, I really hope. Cause I think a lot of people don't think that that could happen. No. And I really think it could. Um, I think it's going to be hard to finish Gaethje uh, by TKO. I really do. I, you might be able to get him by submission if he gets tired. Um, but I also think that, like, Gaethje, the, the, the game plan he's bringing in is to win probably by by decision. I do think he could catch him, but just the way he, he looked against Tony Ferguson, he just looks so composed, and he's not looking to go overkill. He's looking to just hurt you until you break. And, and to your see- point, to your point, though, like, if Gaethje does find a hole and gets his shot in against Khabib, you've never seen Khabib really take a hit and exactly. Yeah, yes. Like, what if what if what if Gaethje's best shot doesn't even take him down? You know. Well, you know, you saw it against Tony Ferguson. He rocked Ferguson with some hard shots. That was like, how is this man standing? How is this man standing? Um, and he more so just broke Tony Ferguson than anything. I mean, Tony was trying to hold in as much as he could, but he just broke him down a little bit, body wise. I think mentally, Ferguson was a warrior, but 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 he broke his body. You know what I mean? And and um, I think that's kind of something that he could oppose into this fight, but. It's awesome that we're going to see two fighters who like to break their opponents, yeah. you know? So it's two forces moving in on each other and we're going to see, see something happen. So I'm, I, uh, so your mind says could be, but your heart says Gucci. Yeah. A lot but, of people are in the same boat there. Like Khabib is the guy to go with if you're betting your life on it, but everybody wants to see the underdog story. It's not so much an yeah. underdog story as opposed to like, you weren't even supposed to be in this position, but here you are because of your opponent, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, I do believe Gaethje earned it. And, and like I said before, I think he was going to earn it eventually, maybe not against Khabib, just because Khabib, you know, he's talking about retirement very soon. Um, I don't think after this fight, but once he reaches 30, you know, I think he's going to retire. Um, so, you know, could have Gaethje not ever face Khabib for the title? Possibly. But um, I do think Gaethje was going to get a title fight, you know, by, in next year, in 2021. Um, but it's it's cool to see against, against Khabib. And I do think there's a lot of people also that are um, – wanting could be just with everything that he's gone through you know what i mean but um it's hard not to want the underdog you know i mean given the year he's had he wasn't supposed to be in the position with ferguson beats him upset nobody had him winning that fight you had him for me you had him for me i had him 
Uh, and then he has this big title fight on Saturday with Khabib. And if he wins that, who's next in line? You kind of you kind of mentioned uh, some possible suitors. One being the notorious one, though he looks like he's got his hands full as he comes out of retirement for the fourth time with Dustin Poirier, potentially in January. So who would be next? Would Khabib get his rematch? Would we see a new contender? Oh, for who winning though? Who do you, who do you, who are you saying is winning? With, with Geechee pulling off an upset over the weekend. <laughs> Uh, Khabib getting the rematch, you know, that's interesting. I never really thought about that one. I mean, I guess it would make sense. Uh, I guess it could make sense. I could see him retiring, maybe. Um, I could see Khabib maybe possibly retiring uh, if he lost. But also, I guess maybe the rematch could be there, but would Khabib want to retire after that? I mean, kind of the whole undefeated thing is lost to 30-0, and 0, you know what I mean? So... Maybe it would be that would be it for him, you know. Um, but uh, Justin Gaethje winning, you know, besides a rematch, who else could he face? And it's obviously um, Conor McGregor or the guy he's lost to, who is Dustin Poirier. So, you know, I do. That's where I kind of think that you know matchup kind of make it. You know, get that number one contender uh, decided. You know what I mean? Um, I think either guy works. Either guy works. Even if they don't have that fight work uh, happen, either fight works. Either guy, it makes sense for Gaethje. Stylistically, it makes sense for Gaethje, uh, and for the division, it makes sense. If Either way, if they make that fight happen, um, let the winner face Gaethje, or, uh, you know, if it doesn't, then Dana White can pick. And he's got a lot to choose from. Like, he, he's probably on cloud nine right now with the amount of great fights that have come out, not only from a promotional standpoint, but from an actual experience standpoint, all these fights have turned out to be gems during this whole period. 100%, 100%. And you're seeing a lot of guys come to uh, form that you didn't expect to and, and rise that you didn't expect to. So um, it kind of opens up the division a little bit, uh, you know, if the, if the championship gets bounced a little bit, but, um, I think one of those two guys, 100% is next for, uh, Justin Gaethje. And I just want to touch on one more thing is, um, if one of these fighters is to not be able to compete, uh, Michael Chandler, former Bellator champion is set. He is on fight Island. He is ready to, uh, fill in, um, in my opinion, I, I, I'd probably take either guy over Chandler if I had to make a prediction. Um, but uh, I do think Chandler is in the mix as well. Uh, if he could be, you know, I would like to see him maybe fight like a Dustin Poirier or a Tony Ferguson. So he's not far off either. And I'd like to see how he could do, you know, he was a Bellator fighter. So that should be interesting. You know, you have him in the mix and there's a bunch of 55ers trying to come up as well. So that's right. What's next on the breakdown sheet, sir. So you got, I got the co-main event, uh, Whitaker versus Cannoneer. Um, and I'm a little, lot to live up to. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that what happened. Oh, I just repeated myself. I, oh. that, that fight is going to have to like, steal the show at least warm it up for Khabib and and Geechee 
I think it's going to be a really good fight. Um, I'm a little surprised Cannoneer is the favorite just because of Whitaker being a past champ. Um, I think Whitaker is, besides uh, Adesanya, I think he's the best 185-pound fighter in that division right now, in my opinion. And um, I, I'll tell you right now, I, I, and it's not really a doubt in my mind, I have Whitaker in this fight. Um you know, I think Whitaker is just better all over. I think he has way more experience in the division. Uh, Whitaker, or Cannoneer, rather, used to be a heavyweight uh, in the UFC, then moved down to light heavyweight. And then in um, 2018, he made his uh, middleweight debut against David Branch, uh, and he won by TKO. And then after that, he went on to be Anderson Silva and Jack Hermanson. Uh, both in 2019 by uh, TKO, uh, KO, but he only fought three times in, in the middleweight division. I don't really see him having a whole lot of, you know, crazy uh, middleweight experience. You know, he's never, you know, in my opinion, fought someone uh, with, with a super amount of experience like Whitaker. I mean, yeah, he fought Anderson Silva, but Anderson Silva after Adesanya even fought. Uh, Anderson Silva, obviously not a Silva in his prime. So, you know, Cannonier, does he carry a lot of power? Yeah, but we've seen Whitaker face guys with power. He went two times with Yoel Romero in five round fights. I mean, the guy can take punches. He's made for war. Um, and back to like what I said, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's better all over. Um, I think he'll kind of outstrike outpoint Cannonier, And, um, I think that it'd be wise and smart to even work some takedowns and work his ground game because his ground game is good as well. And I think he could dominate on the ground, work some ground and pass. I don't know if he's on the line in this fight. What do you mean? Like, is this a number one contender? Oh, 100%, 100% uh, number one contender. Adesanya even said if Cannoneer beats Whitaker, he'll fight him next. And to be honest with you, I think Whitaker deserves a rematch for the title if he beats Cannoneer. So I, I think it's a 100% uh, number one contender fight. And this is kind of a fight where, again, we've, se- we've seen this on the card multiple times. And we've talked about this type of fight before uh, where it's a veteran who everybody expects to come out and perform against this new young and rising guy, 13 and 4 is Jared. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see why some may play him as the favorite but i'm definitely going more in the direction of you as well where whitaker kind of has the experience he definitely has more of the tenacity to come out on top in this fight i i i mean it's going to be close like they i mean i i don't think they're going to live up to the main event one bit no matter how it turns out but no no again, i'm with you on robert whitaker like he definitely has way more poise than uh young jared does at this point in his career the one thing that Cannonier kind of has in his favor is that it's a three round fight. If he has a good first round and maybe does well in the second, he may be able to get it. Um, you know, I think Whitaker would wear on him for sure. Uh, if it was a five round fight. Um, but as long as Whitaker comes out pretty, pretty strong in the first round, I think he'll take it, um, either by decision or late stoppage. I could see either way, but, um, obviously Cannonier does have the power to put away Whitaker, but, you know, I, I think Whitaker is going to be smart, and you just saw Whitaker in a, in a you know kind of a chess striking match with Darren Till, who's a very good striker. Um, so I think he's going to be wise with the striking battle, and I think he knows how to deal with power. So I, I like Whitaker a lot in this fight. 
So who who would be so it's Volkov and Harris? Yeah, so Harris um, has his work cut out for him in this fight. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, I feel like uh, Harris is one of those fighters where it's like a knockout or he's going to end up losing. You know what I mean? And and his knockout is probably going to have to come pretty pretty early. You know what I mean? Uh, And Volkov is a good fighter. He's very, he's very good. uh, He has good striking. You know what I mean? And in his last fight against Curtis Blades, although he did kind of get controlled on the ground a little bit, um, he showed that his cardio for a five-round fight is there, 100%. Um, and also, his ground game isn't horrible, you know what I mean? And so, I, I not that I think Walt Harris is going to try and take it to the ground, um, but I think that Volkov obviously has great cardio, and that's been a problem in the past for Harris. Um, so, I think if Volkov can survive the first round but, and not getting knocked out, which he does have... Um, He's tall and he has some reach, so it plays into to his, you know, probably game plan. Try and stay out on the outside in the first round, tire him out, and then put the points together. You know what I mean? Either win by a decision or maybe get a finish. Um, but the one thing I will say is, Walt Harris looks very good and in very good shape going into this fight. So I don't know if he's kind of switched things up since. Uh, you know, since his last fight against Alistair Overeem, or uh, which he almost won, but you know, I just think uh, you got to go kind of safe with Al- uh, Alexander Volkov. He probably won't get KO'd, and you know, we'll end up winning. I like his experience. Five hundred record here, thirteen and eight. Yeah, thirty-one and eight. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, though, Harris is a guy who's going to knock you out in the first or probably lose, you know what I mean? So I I really think Volkov, with his experience and his skill, he should be able to win this fight. What do you think about this middleweight fight? It's basically like two rookie fighters going at it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jacob Malkoon, 4-0. Like, I I don't know if I've ever seen... Substantial, though, you know? Like, 4-0 going up against 8-2. I don't know. I know. It's weird. So, you know, you got Jacob Malkoon versus Philip Pose, and um, I've never seen a guy 4-0, like, just with only four fights, besides Brock Lesnar. <laughs> well, that's Brock freaking Lesnar, okay? Yeah, that's Brock freaking Lesnar, but I've never really seen a guy with that little amount of, normally you see at least eight, you know what I mean? But only four fights, it's kind of strange. Um, and I don't know too much about him due to that fact. You know, this is his uh, UFC debut, um, and, you know... Philip Hawes is, you know, not too, too uh, familiar with the UFC either. So it, it's kind of a tough fight. Um, I'm just going to go with the more experienced guy in uh, Hawes. And, you know, I could be wrong, though. Yeah. Are there six fights on this card? There is. And that, that makes me a fight. So normally it's five, but I mean, there, it, you know, in a good amount of the fight nights, there has been six recently. Yeah. Um I think just because of how big it is, they've chosen to make it six. You know what I mean? Um, this may, this, uh, the main card starts at 2 p.m. Eastern. Wow. Yeah. Why? That's so- well, they, so they did this for Khabib last time in when he fought. Uh, I'm going to wake up and then watch the fight? Yes, correct. The prelims are going to start while you're still sleeping. 
You don't know how but, we're gonna bring it up. <laughs> the um, but they did. So Abu Dhabi did this for Khabib last time when he fought Dustin Poirier. They basically did it for Khabib. Uh, they really like Khabib, and also this fight is very big for people around that um area. The, yeah. the, oh, there's a lot of fans that like Khabib, so they wanted to do it at a time that works for them as well. So they, you know, they're giving us the worst time and the, the better time for that area. Um, basically, you know what I mean? So the main card will start 2 PM Eastern. Wow. So the, the main event fight, give or take, will start around like three thirty, four o'clock. Yeah, probably four, four, four thirty. I mean, there is six, six fights on the, the main card. So it I don't know start. if it's going to have the same feel with a four o'clock start on a Saturday afternoon, as opposed to like, yeah, no, but I'm, I mean, I'm in my room and it feels like it's night all the time. So, I mean, it's time. Right. Mike has COVID everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen too closely. It's airborne. Yeah. It might come through uh, your device that you're uh, listening through, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. What's next on the breakdown sheet. How much do you have on this sheet? So, so I got go so you made an entire. This is the most you've ever prepped for one. I'm, 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 I'm assuming. Yeah, I got a good amount. You want to see it? I do. Show I me, mean, show I'll, me I'll show you like what I wrote for like last week. So this was like last show, week. Show Not me via Zoom and then explain to the listeners via audio. What Not we'll much. I, I got, I got just my uh, the episode, just the little intro, and just my main topics. I got this for the this fight night, which is basically the whole main card breakdown. I got fighter notes um, and then a couple other like minimal points I wanted to touch on. Um, but like I said, I had so much time this week and uh, I've been watching so much um, that I just kept getting ideas. So I kept putting stuff down. Um, yeah, man. So do you want to talk about any of the prelim fights? Because it seems well, like the main well, there's, to me, there's no more the main event and co-main event is kind of weak. What? The the main card. For what? For the what about review we're talking about. I'm saying it's very kind of weak towards the end. Towards the end, but the the the, the first fight of the night, which we haven't touched on yet, is is gonna be a good one. Um, you got Magomed Ankalev versus Ian Kudaleba. Um, this is the third time they've scheduled the rematch. So they had the first fight. Um, Ankalev won, but it, there was some controversy because Ian was kind of acting like he was hurt trying to get a knockout, um, which, you know, the ref stopped it. And then Kudaleba was like, what the fuck? You know, I was acting. Um, but Ankalev, you know, technically won that fight. So they they tried to make the rematch twice already. Um, Kudaleba tested positive both times for for Corona. Um, so now this is the third time they've scheduled the rematch. This should be a pretty good fight. A lot, you know, these this is a light heavyweight fight, um, and a lot of people are on the side of Ankalev just because they think he's more of a, a crisp and clean striker. Uh, they're both can throw some pretty heavy shots. I would say Kudaleba is kind of more of a, a bomb thrower, more so, you know, he can be a little more wild. Um, I don't, I kind of like Kudaleba as an underdog, um, but if you're trying to play it safe, I, I, you know, go with Ankalev, who's the cleaner, crisper fighter, who will probably end up picking up a win, but it should be a good fight. I mean, these guys have 
they're 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 making this rematch for a reason. Um, you know, and it and it got canceled. They typically won't stick to a fight unless it's gonna be a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, with it getting canceled so many times. So it should be pretty good. Um, I'd really like to see Kudaleba pull an upset though. I wouldn't even consider it an upset. I mean, he has a little bit more experience. Maybe he's taken a fall a few bit more times. Uh, luckily for both men, they're not going to reach Khabib and Tony's record of like six canceled fights. So that's good. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. I mean, we still got a few more days, you know, anything you know, could happen. When, what was the last fight, uh, Khabib, Tony, that was supposed to take place a few months ago? How many days before was that when that had to get canceled? Oh, I think it was a good amount the last time because... Uh, like it was like the fourth or fifth time. It was literally like two days before. Two oh, yeah, yeah. That was when uh, Tony Ferguson, like, tore something in his knee and he had to get surgery. It was, I think it was like two or two or four days before. It he, was, like, it was, tripped on a wire or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So Freak sad. accident. Just wasn't meant to be. No, no. You can try it, it half a dozen times. And it yeah. was not meant to be. I don't, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if we'll ever get that fight. Um, Dana White said he's willing to make it again, if it makes sense. You know, obviously Tony Ferguson would have to uh, beat someone, maybe like a Chandler or um, I don't know, someone he'd, he'd have to beat and pretty convincingly. Um, and obviously we'd have to have uh, uh, Khabib win again uh, against Gaethje to see it but so you think Khabib there's a chance that he retires if he loses what about if he wins if he wins I think he'll fight one more time to get to 30 and up if he loses I don't know what's next for him really I mean I guess a rematch would make sense I never really thought about a rematch but um yeah I, I I could see retirement as an option if he loses Interesting. So, so what do you, what's your take on the whole McGregor situation? Cause obviously he's got Poirier on his hands, but like if Keechee wins, Khabib retires, Connor would be an excellent fit. At least well, that, that, that's the thing. I think, um, I think they're kind of waiting. Uh, and when I say they, I think the UFC is waiting to see this outcome. I mean, I don't see why they couldn't get this fight to happen really because uh, Connor wants to fight in 2020 um, why not make it happen? I mean, I think they could make it happen. Uh, and I think Poirier wants to fight. And I think that, you know, they really could make this happen. I think they're waiting, you know, they're saying January, that way they don't have to announce it quite yet until this fight ends. Um, I think they're really waiting to see the outcome of this event. That way they don't maybe need to schedule this fight. You know what I mean? I think, uh, if Gaethje wins, I think stylistically, like I was saying before, either fighter matches up, but, who better than to get the biggest draw, which is Conor McGregor. So you'd probably go with Conor. And then, you know, you have options for Ga- uh, for uh, Poirier. You know, you could match him up against Tony Ferguson or you could put him up against uh, Michael Chandler. So I think the UFC is really waiting to see uh, what happens because I don't think you will see Khabib rematch uh, Conor for his last fight. If if Khabib wins, you we're, we're just not going to see Khabib fight Conor in a rematch like it's just not going to happen. So if Khabib wins, I do think they'll schedule that fight and we'll probably hear about it being scheduled pretty soon after. Um, if Gaethje wins though, that fight might get blown in the wind and you might not see it. Interesting. I mean, maybe in the future, 
Um, like, let's say Connor wins and he wants to be active in the UFC. I could see him defending against Poirier. But, um, yeah. Do you think that fight between him and Dustin is going to happen in January? If Khabib wins, I, I do think so. And I, I'd love to see it. I think stylistically it's going to be great. Um, you know, Poirier has gotten a lot better since they've faced each other the very first time, which was a, a, a featherweight. And Connor definitely has gotten better as well. Um, I do think he, uh, Poirier is better uh, on the ground jujitsu wise, but it's very hard to take down Connor. Um, and Connor's good in the clinch. And I don't know how easy it is if you're not a Khabib to hold down Connor, too. I think Connor could probably get up. Uh, against a guy like Poirier. Um, and in the striking department, I just think Connor's better. I think Connor is crisper. I think he's more precise. I think the speed will hurt. And uh, I think he acquires the power that could put Dustin out. Um, so that's kind of my breakdown. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I, I, you know, as Poirier, I think your mindset is, oh, you know, I think I've evolved. I think I could strike with Connor. I don't really see Poirier going in and being like, I'm going to just fight the smart fight. I think Dustin strikes too much with him, unfortunately. You know, um, maybe if he gets hurt, he'll go for it. But I think if he gets hurt, then I think, you know, Connor could just play his good defense. You know what I mean? So um, I definitely like that fight for Connor. I like a lot of fights for Connor in the 155 division. Uh, so, you just don't know if he's going to take him, you know? Well, that's the problem. I mean, I do, think, this fight. I do think he wants to fight. He's saying he wants to fight in 2020. He was kind of saying that he'd fight in November or uh, December, you know? He was kind of wanting to be active, and I kind of believed it. Um, and I know he kind of came out on Twitter, and he was like, yeah, I want to take this fight, you know, stay relevant in the UFC, stay crisp, stay sharp, uh, face face the southpaw and then it kind of helps me prepare for Manny Pacquiao who he, and he might want this earlier because he might want to fight Manny Pacquiao earlier in the year next year. That way he can fight middle of the year in the UFC next year. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I do think he meant what he said when he said for the year of 2020, he wanted to fight a lot. I, I do think that I just think with the pandemic and, and everything that happened and just, matchups i think it just all didn't work out and unfortunate i think ufc probably wish it did and i think connor was a little butthurt that they told him no a little bit and just how it happened you know what i mean i mean i totally agree with that sense and the pacquiao fights that's like official official right it's there anytime i think i think it's just a matter of if connor fights in the ufc and when they announce it and when they make everything official but it, i think it's like already it's just whenever connor's ready That'll be interesting because Conor McGregor, and I think if Geechee, if Geechee wins, I'm not saying he's going to. I, I personally wouldn't have my money on him this Sunday. I think it's going to be close. My heart wants it. I know your heart wants it. I don't know if it's going to happen. If he wins, I, I, I totally see Justin calling out Conor McGregor. I think so. I think the Your only two fights they've had. What happened? Like with their the Twitter booth that, that, that they've had? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think I think it's a great challenge for Gaethje. I think stylistically it's nice for Connor because Gaethje's going to strike with him. Um, so it's going to be a fun fun matchup for sure. And also, uh, you know, I'd like to see Gaethje, if Gaethje does win, and let's say he even beats Connor, I'd love to see him avenge his loss against Dustin Poirier. And that really shows you uh, a crazy evolved fighter 
And I, I'd rank him very high on the pound for pound list if he can beat those three guys. I'm I would be excited to see it. I'd be ecstatic ecstatic for him just because of how his year's gone, basically. Yeah, I mean, but then again, he's got to get through Khabib first this this weekend. And I'm not saying he he would beat Connor because that's a very hard fight for him. It's probably it might just be as hard as this one. It's just it's going to be fully stand up. You know what I mean? But does this ruin his momentum if he just gets shut down by Khabib? Like is his ride over? No, I think he'll be back because I think he could be a Dustin Poirier. Yeah. I do. I think this new evolved Gaethje could be a dozen Poirier. Um, he did have Poirier hurt the first time they fought. It's just he was too gassed and he was too out of the all over the place. You know what I mean? This new composed Dustin Gaethje, I think, could could take care of uh, Dustin Poirier, and um, I'd like to see it. You know, these those three guys, even Tony Ferguson, make it four. They're in the top. You know what I mean? Without Khabib, uh, these guys are going to be almost like in a tournament for the championship. You know what I mean? It's just going to all work out in, in matchups and style matches, you know? Well, like you said, you said it best, Mike, he's got to get through Khabib first. And that is arguably the biggest fight that he may ever have after this Saturday. I, I, I think for both guys right now, it's, it's definitely the biggest fight in their, in their careers. Um, you know, Definitely for Gaethje and for Khabib, this is the first fight without his father. I definitely think for him, it's the biggest fight right now. Um, so, it, you know, we're going to see history this Saturday, and I'm I just, I'm, I'm so stoked. I, it's crazy. I mean, history, I know, baby. What happened? Three. So and, UFC 240, 254, excuse me, Khabib yep. versus Gaethje. Did you have anything else on your breakdown sheet before we get to uh, our main event of the evening? Uh, nothing, nothing on the breakdown sheet. I just have my little special, my special main event thing for you. That's about it. That's the one thing that right before Mike and I went on, he uh, he said that he had a special treat for me. So what is this? Okay, so because I know you know this is actually the first time we haven't talked about pro wrestling so far on the podcast. Um, so now we're going to start talking about it a little bit, uh, which is kind of surprising. Normally we like break into it, like beginning or like middle. Um, so Ariel, you know, I watch Ariel Hawani's uh, MMA show and, and when he goes on with DC and when he does uh, his stuff with Kale um, Sonnen, uh, but just on his show, he had on Paul Heyman. Paulie and it was, he had on Paul Heyman and it was very interesting to listen to, you know, Paul Heyman obviously doesn't know a lot about uh, MMA or, or uh, UFC, but they, you know, they were talking about uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, That's obviously true. Heyman knows a lot about Lesnar, but uh, Helwani and Cormier have always have been joking for a couple of weeks now, you know, now that Cormier is retired, you know, Oh, Daniel would, uh, you know, go wrestle in, in the WWE or go commentate and basically Heyman like shit on them, like completely let them have it that Daniel couldn't do a single thing over there. Uh, argued that, you know, Brock Lesnar is a much bigger star in combat sports than Daniel Cormier. And he, I couldn't put it together whether he thinks Roman Reigns would beat. Daniel Cormier in like a, a, a real fight or just like in a, um, 
in a WWE match. And then he was, you know, saying basically that Reigns is going to uh, main event WrestleMania again this year. And, you know, that he's basically yeah. a stuff. Well, I don't know if you've seen Roman Reigns, but he is like a Greek god right now. Like literally in the best shape anybody in. It's unbelievable. He probably put on 25 pounds of muscle. Really? Like huge? On top of the juggernaut that he was before. Yeah, yeah. From uh, Because he left WWE for about six months because, of course, he had leukemia. Yes. And he didn't want to be immune to COVID-19 because a lot of people in WWE got it because they never stopped, right? Yeah, Uh, yeah. Fans never came in, but they kept going on with the product at the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. But he came back around August and just he looks like, oh, my, like he's in the best shape anybody's ever been in. The best shape I've ever seen anybody in, ever. I mean, he's just a Samoan badass right now. And if, he put on a lot of weight, huh? If he's in a lot of muscle, okay. um, like he's got a six pack and everything, he doesn't wear a shirt anymore for uh, oh. in ring, oh. like you see it all the time. I mean, he's, okay. he's yoked, he is cutted, he, he's just a great god. And if you put him in the, the octagon against Daniel Cormier in a UFC situation, when he's when he if he ever had the passion to train to fight, I think he could put up a fight against Cormier, put up a fight against anybody. I mean, okay. he just looks like a powerhouse. Not to so, say he's good now because WWE is obviously scripted and it's entertainment. Yeah. So he probably doesn't have that fighting aspect in him. But if he wanted to, like CM Punk did not have the fighting aspect in him, but he had the passion to train, right? Yeah. Roman Reigns had the passion to train and fight. I think he could put up a fight against just about anybody. Okay, interesting. So so I guess that's where Heyman's kind of coming from then. Because it didn't really make too much sense to me because I was like, well, obviously, he would school him in a WWE match because the guy's got wrestling skills, like not, you know, sport wrestling skills, but like pro wrestling skills. Like the guy can do cool stuff. You know what I mean? Cormier, you know, wouldn't really perform that well because he doesn't know what to do, really. I mean, yeah, he's athletic, but, you know, you got trained. Uh, but, you know, I guess he kind of was making the argument for a fight, too, which is very interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, I get the argument about Brock Lesnar. Brock's a little bit bigger. He's got good wrestling. Uh, his striking probably could do well against Cormier. So I, I, I got that argument, but the Roman Reigns kind of puzzled me, so I wanted your take. But He's it was, probably it was, doing, like, half real, half promoting, because he that's what he is, is a promoter. Yeah, it was very strange. He, he, like, promotes. It was very weird to see that interview, because he was very realistic, but at the same time, very like Paul Heyman, like, like he was on air, you know what I mean? It was kind of strange to see. Cause I guess I'm coming from just a very, um, non-scripted sport, you know what I mean? So, and then once, you know, you hear Heyman and it's like half and half, I mean, when he's on television, obviously he's doing his thing, but in the interview, it was kind of strange. Cause he was like talking shit yet, like being respectful. It was weird. It was just weird to say. That's what Paulie D does, dude. And now he's yeah. with Roman Reigns. It's interesting. I haven't really watched it myself over the past. So why why is he? Well, okay, I know Brock's contract came up, and you know, so he's kind of like he's still a free agent technically, or yeah, he's, he hasn't signed anywhere. So he's probably taking his time off. He's probably hunting and on his farm and doing his thing. So wh- why did Heyman start with like Reigns and have that come about? It's literally they just paired him together. Because Roman Reigns, oh, he was going up six you. months, and then he returned at SummerSlam, beat the absolute crap out of Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, 
And then they were going to have a triple threat match between Reigns, Strowman, and Wyatt. And then on that SmackDown, he was looking for Reigns to like sign the contract or someone was one of the authority figures. And he was just like, uh, I'm going to win on Sunday, blah, blah, blah. And that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler, which was like a total Heyman quote to say. And he just turned to his left and he was sitting with Paul Heyman. So they just paired him together and everyone oh, wow. loved it because he like turned heel in the process too. Yeah, that's kind of cool though. Heyman, Heyman did kind of use that quote. He said like basically that and about the main event this year for WrestleMania. He's like, he's like, you know, basically what you said, but with WrestleMania that it's, it's, it's not a prediction. It's, it's a spoiler that he's going to, they, they want Roman versus the rock this year. I don't wow. know what's going to happen, but the rock, wow. he wants to do it. It's just like, again, like, would the rock lose the rock would probably lose. Right. Yeah, he put him over for sure. I'm still mad at the rock. So <laughs> we won't get into that. No. Let's wrap this up. Hey, I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's probably going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.